Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Connor McSpadden. Hey, welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. And I'm Connor McSpadden. And we are talking about the death of Warren G. today from the song Regulators. Yeah. A lot of people claim Nate Dogg showed up and saved him when he was about to be shot at that <laughs> dice game. I disagree. I think it's a cover-up. I do, too. And uh, I, I think Snoop gave Nate cancer just, just so he could keep, you know... Yeah. Stacking cheddar off his legacy. What am I even talking about? Yeah, we, I have no idea. We're no, actually... No one should ever say stacking cheddar sincerely. <laughs> stacking cheddar. If, if you Is are, that a thing you do with cheddar? If you are at the funeral for the man who invented cheddar, you should not say stacking <laughs> cheddar. We are actually talking about the death of Warren G. Harding, arguably the worst president of all time. He's up there. Remains to be seen, though. We have we have a contender in office right now. I still th- I still think Andrew Johnson gets it for basically uh, securing uh, the legacy of racism for generations to come. <laughs> Johnson or Jackson? Johnson. Oh, Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah Lincoln's yeah. vice president. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He really he really uh, goofed up that whole Reconstruction thing. <laughs> he sure did. Uh, but this guy's pretty bad. Yeah, Warren Harding. This episode is actually S- say what you will about Johnson. Very little sexting. Yeah. <laughs> this. Uh, this episode's actually going up on the 94th anniversary of the death of Warren G. Harding. Well, it's actually going to be the 94th episode of the Warren G. Anniversary Podcast, <laughs> uh, but we're not affiliated with them. So so we're going to talk a little bit about his awful, awful presidency and how he ended up getting elected, and then the conspiracy theories around his death. How many other conspiracy podcasts are hitting up the Warren G. Harding topics? Yeah, you come days? to us. Come to us for the... The timely news. Yeah, this is the unsigned hype column of conspiracy <laughs> theories. What, did John Oliver just do a, a dramatized piece about him? Uh, whatever, all right? <laughs> we were on it first. So this, uh, let's let's start, let's just dive in to his, and this is kind of timely, just when you take into account what kind of president we have in office now, Yeah, and the parallels between sort of how they... Or not really how they took power, but what their situation was like beforehand. How they were given it mistakenly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, in 1920, uh, Warren G. Harding was a small-town newspaper publisher who had served a single term in the Senate when he was handpicked by Republican Party bosses to run for president, largely because he was inoffensive and could deliver his home state of Ohio for the GOP. So the inoffensive part definitely sets him apart from Trump. Yeah, they didn't really do their due diligence on that because... Uh, right. Getting ahead of ourselves, there's some pretty offensive things going on. He did some really offensive shit. Yeah. Uh, but in the aftermath of the First World War and the end of the presidency of Woodrow Wilson, which was kind of a nightmare, voters wanted a return to normalcy 
and Harding promised that. But instead, he set in motion a chain of events that set him up to be one of the worst presidents of all time. Yeah, um, actually, a fun fact about the Woodrow Wilson presidency, as he was uh, ill in his later months in office, sometimes his wife would take some like papers in to have him sign or whatever, and she'd be alone in the room with him. And if you look at the handwriting, it looks like it matches up with her handwriting. So some people call her the first female president. (laughs) Oh, nice. It's kind of a fun fact. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, so this guy was just one of these like Andrew Polk type dudes where they're just like, ah, oh, shit, we forgot to find a good candidate. Uh, look, he'll, he'll be a, a, a capable stooge. You yeah. know, like, let's just prop him up. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, this this is where it starts sounding familiar. Uh, Harding felt woefully underqualified for the job and was so nervous about it that he surrounded himself with old friends from his hometown most were unqualified for the jobs he gave them, and many of them were corrupt. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if I if I if I just bullshitted my way into the presidency, even if I just became like a comptroller, I'd be like, okay, fuck, I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily need all the guys that called me gay in middle school <laughs> hanging out and just saying like, oh, why don't you just do it? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I'd hire any school friends. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of school friends left. I mean, I still know people. Yeah. From school, but we I, don't hang. I've whittled it down to about five or six, which I think is about the adulthood customary number. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a reasonable number. And you grew up, you're still in the same area where you went to school, right? I'm in Southern California, yeah, yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm within striking distance yeah, of these people. Yeah, see, I, I went to school in Illinois. I'm not fucking going back there. Yeah, and just to, like, what? So we can, like, remember when we did the keg fell down? Yes, we talked about this the last time I was here. I did almost do stand-up at my 20th, or 20th high school reunion. Oh, my God. There's a video that goes viral on Reddit. Comedian bombs at 20th high school reunion. I would have a bad set just to just to get those upvotes, baby. Yeah, our cringe is gonna get shut down to server issues. Yeah, I feel like I would have killed, but I also would have just shit on a lot of people. Oh, I, I mean, to school with there's, like, there's an, no way I was gonna pass that. Perhaps chance perhaps I should not be uh, uh, advertising this, but I, I have a lot of issues about the way I was treated in my high school by the uh, the higher ups in the administration. So. I want nothing more than to get successful enough to be asked to speak at a graduation and just scorch the earth. <laughs> oh, I fan- it's one of my one of my few fantasies I cling to. Yeah, that would be nice. Our yeah. I, I guess my twenty fifth reunion is on a boat, so I'm definitely not going to that. Yeah, fuck that. What, what, why are we going to international waters to reminisce thrown in the ocean? Yeah, hard pass. So, uh, one of the examples of Harding's picks for his cabinet. To head the Veterans Bureau, he picked Charlie Forbes, who just a few years after World War I was a man he'd met while vacationing. Yeah, and, and even probably worse than Forbes was for his best albums of the 90s. He, he put OK Computer by radio. I mean, how much such more a, of a basic bitch yeah, do you have to be? It's yeah, so overrated. Such a, such a basic pick. <sighs> the, uh, this, this dude kind of strikes me as just being one of these unlovable people where when as soon as someone's nice to him they just latch on to him you know yeah yeah pretty much yeah this guy forbes sold hospital supplies to willing purchasers important side note these were not surplus hospital supplies he just sold shit hospitals needed to other people who had more money to offer yeah these were supplies that were used by veterans hospitals. He did this without approval from Congress or the president. So that's definitely the guy you want to put in head of uh, Veterans Bureau. Yeah. He also, uh, Forbes also benefited from a program of hospital construction where he would take his cut from the inflated income of the contractors. 
And in these schemes, he was assisted by the Veterans Bureau Auditor James Kramer. Harding's Attorney General, Harry Daughtry, was running a... He slides into the room. Collusion, Jerry! (laughs) Harding's Attorney General, Harry Daughtry, was running a prohibition criminal operation, among other operations. Jesse Smith, an unofficial member of the Justice Department and later Assistant Attorney General, specialized in kickbacks, whiskey distribution, and political favors... And Harding. This sounds like a dope kickback. You got fucking political favors yeah. and whiskey. Yeah, that's that's the party kickback right there. Popping Spotify playlist. I'm down. He's kicking back for real. Yeah. Harding himself readily admitted to reporters that he was in over his head and quote <laughs> a man of limited talents. Don't say that in public. Not no. if you're the president. No. Why would you do that? Yeah. What are you think? You think that's going to make people like? All right. Look, he said that he doesn't know what he's doing. We got to go easy on him. Right. It's, that is, uh, it's not going to invite sympathy. Yeah, it didn't. It definitely didn't work for Trump. Yeah, no. No one wants to hear, like, if a fireman shows up at your house when it's on fire, you don't want him to be like, I don't know how good I am at this. You can pull that if it's like your first like week working as a cashier. Like, I'm new here. I'm sorry right. I fucked up this return. By the way, my first day uh, of work ever in my life was uh, Memorial Day at Ross Dress for Less, and I was just fucking it up. <laughs> I had to re-ring this entire gigantic order, and then this, the sweet old black lady was was the lady that was I was checking out. Uh, she was looking good, all right, uh, for her age especially. I nice. Mean, goddamn. No, I was, che- I was checking out her stuff, <laughs> and I had to, I fucked it up. I had to do everything over. Manager I had to come over like three times. I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's my first day, and she's like, sweetie. I can tell. <laughs> oh. and, it, and I was just like, oh, I held on to that for the rest of the fucking year and a half. I wasted my life there. <laughs> but yeah, as in, in the presidency, you want to inspire confidence. You want to, you know. <laughs> yeah, you want people to feel good. You want to be firm. About you your ability to do the job. We just had a world war. You want all the other leaders uh, of, the, uh, of, the, of the planet just being like, oh, okay, yeah, we do, you know, don't fuck with America. He's like, yeah, just, you could <laughs> run away with this whole thing. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, he uh, even if Harding wasn't directly implicated in a lot of these scandals, which he wasn't, he took very much a hands-off approach to uh, holding these people responsible. He was ghostwriting the, the whip did. in terms of corruption. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You might say. And so, just across the board, his cabinet was one of the worst in American history. And of course, because we're talking about the twenties, also a huge racist. Yeah. That you know that comes with the territory. Uh, some historians argue against this because he voiced a little bit of support for some anti-lynching legislation, but he also came out in favor of eugenics and in opposition to social equality, which is a phrase that back back at the time just meant interracial marriage. Well, he actually only voiced anti-lynching uh, uh, amendments to that bill because uh, one of his cabinet officers had a, uh, a rope company, and uh, <laughs> they, they wanted to sell the surplus to, uh, to make whips. <laughs> yeah, pretty gross. He was also considered a serial womanizer, having many Ro- mistresses. Roaring 20s, more like whoring 20s, am I right, Adam? <laughs> am I right? <laughs> there it went. Uh, had uh, fathered at least one illegitimate child also. But the biggest scandal of the Harding presidency, by far, it's also one of the biggest scandals in uh, presidential history in general. The Teapot Dome scandal, which I didn't know shit about until we started researching this. No, nor I. I mean, I had heard of it, but I'd never... 
This is like, oh, you see the documentary on the History Channel, and you're like, I'll skip, I'll wait for another Hitler one, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's not a sexy one. Right. Especially because of the name. The na- I mean, the name is interesting, but it doesn't sound scary. It, it doesn't sound like it's going like to have anything exciting, really. Right. It doesn't sound like Watergate. Watergate, oh, yeah. Watergate was an impressive scandal. Yeah. Name. And just an impressive. I scandal. also don't like that that every that we use the suffix "gate" even when it's extraordinarily aesthetically unpleasing to the ear, you know. Right, right. Like, oh, it's travel gate or like you know trooper gate and all this shit. And it's like, well, someone said we should start changing them to Alago, you know, like Russia Lago. <laughs> and I, I think that's fun. Yeah, I like that better. Or Rama, just put Rama at the end. Russia Rama. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, that'd be fun. You tune into Rachel Maddow's Russia Rama. <laughs> Uh, so the Teapot Dome scandal, it was the most defining scandal of the Harding presidency and became synonymous with government corruption and the cr- greed and influence of oil companies. Uh, the Teapot Dome, uh, it was also called the Oil Re- Reserve Scandal or the Elk Hills Scandal. I mean, uh, Teapot Dome and Elk Hills just sound like boring suburbs. Right. And I think they are. They're like boring suburbs in Wyoming, yeah. no less. <laughs> Geological suburbs. Well, th- these were like the Navy oil reserves, right? Uh, I think, I don't know if these were, but there are, yes. Uh, the, the Teapot Dome is a geological feature in Wyoming named for nearby Teapot Rock and the site of an oil field. In 1915, President Woodrow Wilson designated that oil deposit as Naval Oil Reserve Number 3. Reserves 1 and 2 are in Elk Hills and Buena Vista Hills, respectively. Ooh, listener meetup. Right? These reserves were created to guarantee that the Navy would have a sufficient supply of oil in wartime. However, their establishment was controversial. Oil interests believed that the reserves were unnecessary and could be developed privately. Also, private wells surrounded the Naval Reserve fields, siphoning off their underground deposits. So he, he uh, his cabinet uh, is stealing... Oil from the Navy and uh, medical supplies from the dying. (laughs) Right. Good guy. Yeah. Crazy they call him our worst president. Albert Fall, one of President Harding's poker pals, was appointed as Secretary of the Interior in 1921. He'd been a lawyer, a mining and timber company representative in the New Mexico Territory, and later a U.S. Senator. During this time, he heavily invested in mining himself. As a U.S. Senator, he fought the conservation movement, When Fall tried to open Alaska's oil, coal, and timber to extensive private development, the conservationists were quick to organize and defeat his plans. Similarly, when Fall tried to move the National Forest and Federal Forestry Service under his control at the Department of Interior, conservationists blocked him again. I actually think I signed that moveon.org petition. (laughs) I don't remember. Not one to give up, he turned his attention to the Naval Oil Reserves, persuaded Secretary of the Navy Edwin Denby and President Harding to transfer the Naval Oil Reserves to the Interior Department. He then secretly and without competitive bidding leased the Teapot Dome oil rights to Harry Sinclair's Mammoth Oil Company and the Elk Hills oil rights to the Pan American Petroleum Company owned by Edward Doheny, a longtime friend. When the news became public in 1922, conservationists and small oil producers in Wyoming who objected to the secrecy and lack of competitive bidding, raised a storm of protest. Wait, I wanted to steal that oil from the Navy. What's the Navy doing with it? The world war's over. It's never going to happen again. Yeah. We're fine. (laughs) The Senate approved a resolution calling for an investigation. Uh, Fall argued that his actions were perfectly reasonable and beneficial to the Navy. 
since the reserves were threatened by privately owned oil wells that were siphoning off their oil. Oh, were they doing some like uh, there will be blood, like yeah. Kuwait slant I drink, drilling? I drink your milkshake. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, the uh, he also argued that the secrecy was essential to protect the storage of the oil at bases in California and Pearl Harbor. When the Senate opened its investigation, Fall delivered a truckload of documents to the committee, <laughs> snarling the investigations in a massive paper. And he then resigned from office in January 1923. That's the guy who pays a speeding ticket in pennies. Yeah, you know? yeah. And everyone like gives him credit for it on the internet. And you're like, and that like, guy's the, a huge asshole. The people that count those did not make the traffic laws. Right, right. They, that I'll, almost minimum wage worker had nothing to do with that. Although shit. I will say, if I work at the office, I'm just like, yeah, I'll count the pennies all day. That's probably easy. I'll put on a podcast. That's usually yeah. what I was going to be doing. <laughs> I don't want to push paper and try to collect debts from people. Exactly. So the uh, investigation led by Senator Thomas Walsh got underway in October 1923. They couldn't seem to find anything objectionable in the materials delivered by Fall. And at this point, Walsh begins to dig into reports of improvements to Fall's ranch. In January 1924, testifying before the committee. He was testifying before the committee, dude. (laughs) It was wicked corrupt. Doheny revealed that he had loaned Fall $100,000 and that his son, Edward Doheny Jr., together with his son's close friend, Hugh Plunkett, had delivered the cash to Fall in a satchel. Who to Plunkett? Sorry. (laughs) However, Doheny denied that the loan had any connection to the Elk Hills lease. Similarly, Sinclair acknowledged that he'd given Fall some livestock, but denied any connection to the teapot dome. Who takes bribes in the form of cattle? What are you, an Indian farmer? Like... Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Indian as in, like, other country, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a Native American farmer. <laughs> uh, we, they don't have land anymore. We saw that. Am I right? No, I mean, the, the fucking briefcase of cash. Yeah. That, that what? That's how you lend friends money. Exactly. Yeah, you couldn't have gone through. Western Union, I assume, was the PayPal of the 20s. That probably would have worked. <laughs> so Congress asks Harding to take action and cancel these leases and name special counsel to investigate and prosecute those responsible for any wrongdoing. That doesn't happen. Instead, Warren Harding dies like a fucking idiot (laughs) in August 1923, uh, right in the middle of this investigation. Uh, So nothing ever happens to him. But that's kind of where the conspiracy starts, is people wonder if maybe he was killed because of uh, this mounting scandal and what it... uh, He, He hasn't surrounded himself with a lot of moralists, so... Right. It doesn't. Right. I'm not seeing a lot of people that would feel remorse about doing this. In uh, so this investigation finally winds down, and nothing really happens to anyone. In 1929, he... and then the Great Depression happens. And they're like, I don't know, whatever. You got away with it. Like, <laughs> there's bread lines and shit. Yeah, Doheny was convicted of a. Oh no, fall. No, he, no, he he escaped to Argentina. I think. <laughs> Fall became the first cabinet member convicted of a crime while in office, was fined $100,000, and sentenced to a year in prison. But Doheny was acquitted of offering the same bribe, always insisted that it was a loan, and then, savage alert, foreclosed on Fall's ranch over the loan. Whoa. (laughs) Kicked Fall out of the house. That guy ends up destitute. And eventually, in 1929, Doheny's son was murdered by Plunkett, who then committed suicide. He may have feared that he'd be sent to prison for helping to deliver the cash to fall. Weird. Yeah. So so that was the Teapot Dome scandal. It's not that uh, 
crazy of a scam. I mean, it's kind of run of the mill. And yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of the shit that you'd expect. Like, okay, we're going to use our power and influence to you know sell this to private developers. They're gonna they're gonna pay a little bit uh, too much for it, and then the rest is going to get back channeled back to me. I right. Mean, that's pretty textbook corruption. Right. Standard stuff. Yeah. But there's another scandal that uh, has come to define the Harding administration, and that's all of his affairs with various women. Because there was there was no Snapchat back then, so your messages were on paper, and they stuck around for fucking ever. By the way, if you haven't yet treated yourself, go check out the uh, the sex letter that Tupac uh, sent to Madonna. Yeah, yeah. Fucking awesome. Really great. And yeah. he also just has, like, cool handwriting. Yeah, that guy, he, he, was, he was quite the poet. Yeah. With his prison sex letters. Harding, not so much. Right. Uh, everyone knows Harding had, uh, not everyone, scholars all agree that he had extramarital affairs with at least four of four women, two of them close friends of his wife. Are, are there like specifically like extramarital affair scholars? Just like, and uh, I yeah, hope so. You know, and then the little, uh, you know, uh, what are those called? The Kava Kova Kanchen on the bottom of the screen where it tells you who they are. There's a name for it, and I just learned oh, it, and I forget. I don't know what that name is. Fuck. All right. God it damn it. Doesn't matter. We're ruined. Uh, just it pops up on, on the History Channel, like, Trist expert. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the ancient aliens guys, and he's like, yeah, no, I gotta pay the bills, so I do some, <laughs> I do some pussy research. I'm sure that exists. Yeah. So in the uh, days following his death, legend has it that his wife, Florence, burned many of Harding's personal papers, public documents, books, the contents of a safe deposit box, and a stuffed suitcase. Many uh, Florence is definitely the name of a woman who uh, I feel like would be so defeated and just accept her husband cheating on her. Right, right. Yeah, it's just kind of a sad, like, old-timey, like, oh, well, I'd stay at the house name, you know? <laughs> yeah, you would think that, but it, it uh, may not be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, many, Maybe she got hers. So a number of these papers actually survived, uh, but it is true that she feared a lot of these would be misconstrued and would harm her husband's legacy. In 1964, historian Francis Russell gained access to these letters from Harding to his longtime mistress, Carrie Fulton Phillips. The Harding family sued to halt their publication, fearing that publishing them would further tarnish his legacy and hurt the entire family. And to the dismay of many historians, a settlement was reached in which the Harding family, who owned the copyright to the letters, agreed to donate them to the Library of Congress in return for a guarantee that they remain sealed for 50 years. And this was to uh, protect the, the younger generation from knowing how much fucking Warren Harding was doing. Yeah, I never understood the, you gotta, the whole, you gotta, we won't release them until, you know. Yeah, like people are going to find out. People hear about shit. Yeah, and it's just like, get it out of the way. I mean, are you just like, let me put this off till after I die? Yeah, you know? yeah. Till the kids are... Are and like, I can't imagine to stop having kids who aren't going to be mortified by this at some point. Well, yeah, and I can't imagine this guy in between, you know, hiring a bunch of corrupt people and uh, cheating on his wife had the time to be a super dope grandpa. Like, how much do you really like the guy? Yeah, yeah. He was probably a huge piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, in 2015, the Library of Congress released letters between Harding and his mistress featuring a character named Jerry. Guess who Jerry is? It's his uh, dick! Oh, okay. It's, his, it's Warren's hard thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was fine. Swish. Yeah. Nailed it. Dicks, Jerry! <laughs> They're these, all dicks! These letters were written a 
decade before his presidency. So he was he was fucking around from Jump Street. Yeah. Also in 2015, the New York Times broke the news that DNA testing had confirmed that Harding fathered a child with a second paramour, Nan Britton, during the same period in which he was penning love notes to Phillips. The correspondence is intimate and frank, and perhaps the most sexually explicit ever by an American president until we see that video of Trump pissing on those beds with the Russian prostitutes. Oh, I thought the story was that he was being pissed on. Oh, was it? Maybe. Oh, yeah. That's even better. Yeah, I mean, anything would be delightful. Thank God Bill Clinton didn't have Snapchat, because we would have seen his dick. Oh, yeah. We'd have, yeah. That that trial would have gone a whole different way. Oh, yeah. Uh, Harding alternates between Victorian declarations of love and unabashedly carnal descriptions. (laughs) Yes! Oh, That's what I like to do. I like to get I like to get real verbose, and then get, just get, just then you just throw the you know like the real blunt stuff. Cunt. <laughs> throw a cunt at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, what a fuck your cunt. <laughs> oh, I was supposed to do. Where is it? There, cunt dinger. <laughs> oh, you got a cunt dinger? Yeah, whenever someone says a word. Oh, she got she, oh, she's got some real cunt dingers. <laughs> so she has uh, boobs instead of clits. <laughs> So shortly after Harding won his party's nomination for president, Phillips threatened to release their correspondence and demanded money in exchange for her silence. To keep her quiet, the RNC paid for Phillips and her husband. Who Like, did her husband not? Like, he was cool with all this? I mean, maybe they got married afterwards. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Uh, the RNC paid for Phillips and her husband to go on a lengthy trip to Japan and provided her with a gift somewhere between twenty dollars and $25,000 which would be closer to 297000 today, Harding himself offered her a stipend of $5,000 a year, as long as he was in public service. Oh, shitty deal for her. That didn't last this long. Was, this was really the, the golden age of, like, hoeing, you know? Cause it I feel really like was. You could do this shit, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm sure my grandkids will be embarrassed, but I can get away with it right now. Yeah, yeah. No one gave it. It was, uh, like, almost expected, it seemed like. Yeah. And uh, the RNC wasn't just keeping this affair quiet. Phillips was also an outspoken supporter of Germany in World War I and sought to bring Harding around to her point of view. She hounded Harding throughout his senatorial career about his votes and positions, sending newspaper clippings that demonstrated her strong opposition to America's anti-German stance. I've heard of a lobbyist, but this sounds like a throbbyist. <laughs> Am I right, everybody? <laughs> Let me, yeah, let me, uh, let me send you this newspaper article on about why you know we should be sympathetic to uh, uh, to the the armies of Germany in World War One, and then I'm going to include a mimeograph of my cooter. <laughs> no, a daguerreotype of uh, of my butthole. Yeah. yeah, that's what they had back then, daguerreotypes. Yeah. Uh, by the time Harding was elected president in 1920, though, all these worries about Phillips' German sympathies seem to have gone away. There's actually a ticket to the inauguration ceremony in her name. And the affair had ended, but Harding continued to see Phillips socially and even in private. As late as January 1922, Harding asked Carrie's brother to tell her that he would be here all this month and would be able to see her any time, except also I'll be dead soon, (laughs) he added. A book released in 2009 contains some of the letters with the salacious parts redacted. Yeah, that's shitty. Books author Jim Robinault. I guess that guy just hates selling books. Yeah, exactly. Hates fun. 
the book's author, Jim Robinault, made a strong case for the theory that Phillips was a spy, building on the FBI investigations of Phillips and her husband and scouring the letters for clues to her pro-German activities. Yeah, are you, are, are you going to write that in code while you're talking about what you're going to do to his nuts? You know, <laughs> like. So let's get into the actual conspiracy. Warren Harding died. He's going to leave an Otto Van Jizz mark. Okay. <laughs> oh. I've been working on that for 20 minutes, and it that was, was good. very anticlimactic. No, I feel like it was worth the wait. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh, we're, we're skipping over the masturbating, calling her name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, if you go to New York Times, uh, has an article with all of the letters Warren Harding wrote. It. Uh, was posted July 13th, 2014. And uh, it's got poetry. There's uh, some passages where he talks about masturbating to her while calling her name. So much creepier. You know, you can just, you could say the name in the head, you know, when you're creating your own yeah. little, little movie. Yeah. That's, and you could also just, I feel like, just leave it at, I was masturbating to you. And maybe not even tell her the calling out your name. Yeah, because like, that's not hot. They're like, oh, Florence. Oh, Florence. Florence! <laughs> I'm going to start calling out Florence's name when I masturbate. Are you are you cheating with a grandmother, Adam? You... <laughs> Wait, I thought you had a new shawl. So let's get to the conspiracy. Warren Harding died either at 710, 720, or 730 on August 2nd, 1923. Uh, rumors started spreading right away. For one thing, no one present uh, at the time of his death could give the correct time of death. No one seemed to be sure who was on hand in the San Francisco hotel room where he died. Most of all, the four physicians who had been caring for Harding for the previous week could not agree on the cause of death. It had something to do with his heart, or maybe it was a stroke. Which, again, not what you want to hear from the professionals. Yeah, and I, it seems to me like people just hated this guy so much, and no one really gave a shit. That they're just like, okay, good riddance. Like, ah, it seems kind of sketchy. Whatever. Yeah, like the. I think the the world was just kind of happy to be done. Yeah. With this mistake like, of a president, dodged a bullet there. Poor guy. What? Huh? How's? Would suck to be that shitty at your job. Yeah, you know, you would hope that even if you're like, you know, working in the mailroom somewhere, you'd be like, oh man, you know, we always talked in the break room about Game of Thrones, and it was pretty superficial conversation. But yeah. imagine being the leader of the free world, and people are like, eh, okay. yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah, don't uh, we have two? Isn't there a second? I'll one? tell you when he died. Too late. Am I right? <laughs> uh, on the other hand, it could have been both. It could have been his heart and a stroke. Uh, which might have been exacerbated by the tomain poisoning. Or maybe he was having a stroke thinking about Florence and then all right? of a sudden... <laughs> hey. Having a stroke and then he had a stroke for real. Uh, tomain poisoning apparently is what we used to call food poisoning. I don't know why that changed. I but... think I think we nailed it, though. I think food poisoning is a little better. Yeah, it's a little more accurate. Adding to the confusion and mystery, there was no autopsy. This part's great. Mrs. Harding would not permit it. Within an hour of his death, he was embalmed, rouged, powdered, dressed, and in his casket. By morning, he wow. was on a train headed back to Washington, D.C. Good riddance, you corrupt piece of shit. Dude, so that, how ready to go is the White House fucking uh, mortuary team? Exactly. They're yeah. just on call, like firefight, and they're like, "Go, go, go! Today's the day!" Just like a NASCAR pit crew, like, doo, 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 doo. yeah, that's crazy. Okay, uh, get all... the American flag draped, and we're good to go. <laughs> 
although he had a well-known uh, high blood pressure issue and an enlarged heart, he also had countless enemies, most of his own doing. So there were lots of uh, lots of suspicion in the air after he died. He uh, he smoked a lot. He ate a lot. He drank a lot. He didn't really exercise. He played golf and fucked. Yeah. Uh, and then played poker. Again, remind you of anybody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, he was short of breath all the time. And for a considerable amount of time, he had to sleep propped up on pillows in order to breathe. During his final trip west, his lips were often blue. So there is a good chance this guy just died. But also, if I, if I, if I want to kill a guy and I'm seeing, like, this dude is a fat tub of shit. He's got to sleep vertically. He has sleep apnea. You know, he's always eating bacon with, in, with one hand and a Marlboro on the other hand. I'm like, yeah, no one's going to fucking... Nobody likes him. They're not investigate. you know? Yeah. It kind of does... It sets it up to be a perfect crime. Yeah, it's like, why look into it? We know what happened. Yeah. Uh, so in the summer of 1923, barely two years into his first term, multiple members of his administration are under investigation, most notably Albert Fall. Uh, Harding departs on this tour of the West and Alaska, hoping that it will kind of rehab his image. And he and his wife Florence set out on their tour, accompanied by two doctors, Charles Sawyer, a homeopathic physician, because we didn't know anything back then. Yeah. And Dr. Joel Boone, a naval officer assigned to the White House. Uh, Sawyer, or Doc Sawyer, as he was known in the Harding family, was a homeopathic physician considered a quack by some. He believed in herbal preparations, purgatives, laxatives, and other folk remedies. Dr. Joel Boone, who was kept at a distance from the jealous and possessive Sawyer, uh, you know, was just a regular doctor who believed in regular medical shit, which was also probably just like... <laughs> which was also pretty like, no, you don't feed him fucking herbs. You put the leeches on yeah, his Yeah, you dick. put the leech on his tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll take care of it. Well, I mean, if this doctor is well known in the Harding family, like maybe the wife's like, look, this guy's been fucking around on me. The country's going to shit. I, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Frankly, I want to get my money and go write a book and fucking live out the rest of my life on a ranch with some new guy. Can you just put some ricin in in those <laughs> herbs and then we'll just just keep fucking the real doctor away and yeah. then call it a day? Um, by all accounts, the trip was successful, except for the part where his lips were blue all the time, apparently. Yeah. Well, I mean, go to Alaska and keep your lips pink. I mean, that's yeah. tough. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh until uh, all, all of that changed in late July when Harding fell ill from, his doctor said, food poisoning from a crab dinner in Vancouver. Uh, when they arrived in San Francisco on August 2nd, Harding was immediately put in bed. At it was the truly Hotel. the darkest lobster fest this nation has ever known. <laughs> Florence had been uh, reading Harding an article. Most accounts say she left the room and went across the hall to her suite. So they had separate room. Well, I guess if he was sick. Yeah. A nurse came in to administer Harding his medicine and either found him already dead or walked in at the precise moment that he died, which one of those is way cooler than the other. Oh, yeah. Like, I want to walk in and see the death rattle. That's rad. You want to see the light leave the eyes. Yeah, yeah. Because I think then that's when you can see a Dementor, right? Yeah, I want to try and catch that soul in a whipped cream container. <laughs> Use it to haunt others. Wait, wait, and we'll, real quick, I want to test that seven grams thing. <laughs> Have you heard that? Like the soul yeah. weighs seven grams? Yeah, yeah. There's a Will Smith movie about it. Oh. Is it Will Smith? Yeah, it's Will Smith. If it's not, you're in trouble. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, the nurse sent for Dr. Boone. He does not remember Sawyer being in the room. In fact, Boone claimed that Harding was already laid out with a sheet over him by the time he arrived. 
But Herbert Hoover said Sawyer was there, noting that Sawyer appeared to be lying on the bed with Harding. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Uh, regardless of who was where when, four doctors signed a statement swearing that he died of a heart attack or a stroke. Who can be sure? We're just doctors. Yeah, and there's no. Uh, he was just immediately embalmed. They're like, all right, let's get him out of here. Yeah, good enough for science. Hey, someone get the chief justice. We got to swear on the other guy. Thank God. So yeah, that's uh, kind of where this conspiracy theory comes from because no one can really agree on when he died or how he died. Uh, Doctor Sawyer ends up dying very nearly the same way as Harding, while Florence Harding was visiting his home. Whoa! And uh, once that happened, the theory becomes: well, maybe Florence poisoned Warren Harding, and then poisoned Sawyer also. At the- because he was her accomplice. At the very least, the, the writers of House of Cards owe the Harding family some money. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Florence definitely had motive. Uh, one book postulated that she killed him to save his reputation. Uh, that's where the rumor that she burned all his documents. How much of a fuck-up do you have to be? To save your reputation, you have to die. <laughs> exactly. That's like Michael Jackson. Like, eh, he was probably, probably wasn't going to shake the whole kid fucking thing, but yeah. you know, now that he's dead, like, okay, yeah, let's go see This Is It in theaters. Yeah, that's true, though. He was never going to shake that. No. Uh, Florence, uh, there's also the possibility he was killed or ordered to be killed by a member of his administration to keep him from testifying or being investigated for corruption. During that last trip, Harding asked Hoover whether a president who became aware of corruption in his own administration had an obligation, obligation to expose it. How stupid was this guy? (laughs) Like, he asked that question? Hey, asking for a friend, <laughs> if you get someone pregnant and you don't have abortion money, what should you tell your girlfriend that you need the loan for? <laughs> Rants? What a or like idiot. <laughs> yeah, it seems like this guy just got sick and someone was like, it's time. Well, thank Let's God Herbert Hoover this. did a great job running the country after he left. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Out of the pot into the frying pan. Well, what's not, one nice thing about reading things like this is like, oh, okay, we've been, we've been through this before. Like, you know, so. yeah, we've been awful forever. Yeah, we got it. Okay, instead of Russians, it's Germany in World War One, and instead of you know, <laughs> Trump hotels uh, you know, being sold for uh, for ludicrous sums of money to foreign uh, foreign entities, uh, and then you having the money laundered through the United States government, it's like, oh yeah, there's a rock in Wyoming, and we're just going to give the oil to Sinclair, <laughs> which is by the way the official gas station of uh, towns that run on meth. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sinclair. I saw a bunch of Sinclairs in in Montana. And you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. This is scandal money because you yeah. guys are out of the fucking way. Yeah, you see a Sinclair, don't stop too long. No, no matter how quaint it looks. I, I once had to try to buy a phone card at a Sinclair gas station. Among the lowest moments of my life, because <laughs> the hotel we were staying at, first of all, did not have like key cards. They just had a physical key. Oh wow! That I picked up at the bar I was performing at, and then I tried sure. to get on the internet. No Wi-Fi. Uh, they have a if you have an Ethernet cable, you can get the dial-up, uh, but oh, you can't sure, use the yeah. dial-up unless you have a phone core, a phone card. Uh, so yeah, that's insane. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, traveling's a bitch. So fuck you, Warren G. Harding. <laughs> Connery's bad professional anecdote teller. Uh, so uh, there is uh, okay. So this is what Herbert Hoover said of the. Uh, that incident where he asked him the question one day after lunch when we were a few days out harding asked me to come to his cabin he plumped at me the question which sidebar i have never heard that plumped at me yeah is that a typo that i mean that's that's what did he do the truffle shuffle and cue you over i need to know if that's a thing we still get to say uh he plumped at me the question if you knew of a great scandal in our administration (laughs) 
Would you, for the good of the country and the party, expose it publicly, or would you bury it? May or may not be a good Warren G. Harding impression. There's really yeah. no way to know. Who knows? Yeah. No way to know. My natural reply was, publish it, and at least get credit for integrity on your side. Well, then let me plump you this. <laughs> he remarked that this method might be politically dangerous. I asked for more particulars. He said that he had re received some rumors of irregularities Centering, centering around Assistant Attorney General Smith in connection with cases in the Department of Justice. He had followed the matter up and finally sent for Smith. After a painful session, he told Smith that he would be arrested in the morning. Smith went home, burned all his papers, and committed suicide. Wow, he was really plumping some tough questions. Yeah, he plumped the shit out of him. He plumped a couple mistresses, too. <laughs> hey -o. How fuck do you have to be? I mean, I guess if it's like this or like disgracing your family and life in prison, I kind of get it. Yeah, yeah. But the I wonder if Harding saw that coming. Like, oh, I better warn this guy. Yeah. Like, you had to know he might just go home and commit suicide. Yeah, he might go Vince Foster. Yeah, Harding probably handed him a gun. <laughs> Enjoy your night. Hey, uh, here's your Christmas bonus. <laughs> Use it wisely. Spend it all in one place. Where's the serial number? There isn't one. Get to work. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, he goes home and commits suicide. Most people believe, though, that Harding was talking about Albert Fall. And Fall eventually only received one year for his part in the scandal due to a lack of concrete evidence. But there was also his corrupt Attorney General Daughtry. Could Harding have been talking about another undiscovered scandal? He was accused by opponents of the administration of having been complicit in the Teapot Dome affair by failing to intervene. He was cleared of wrongdoing. It could have been his mistress, Carrie Phillips, and all her ties to Russian or German spy ring. <laughs> Maybe his doctor was just really incompetent. We will never know exactly how or why Warren G. Harding died. We can just all agree, probably for the best. Yeah, we'll never know, and, and most people will probably never care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we went out on a limb just by doing this episode. Yeah, and uh, we're but I'm gonna, glad we did it. I will make it my life's work to see that I never think about this again. <laughs> I will see to it that this is our most downloaded episode of all time. No, I think it will be. I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring Harding hysteria back. You remember Harding hysteria? Oh, yeah, right? all the hard hats out there. Yeah, <laughs> make America uh, corrupt suck again. I don't know. So that's the that's the conspiracy. Uh, surrounding Warren Harding. It's this is not, one of those ones where it's like, you can't, it, th there's no clear line to what happened, but it was definitely something. Yeah, there was a book that came out a few years after that really pinned the blame on his wife, but that book was eventually kind of discredited. So, there, the, yeah, it's one where it's it's like... I hope it was the wife. She deserves to kill the president and then just, you know... Yeah, she he, he had that coming yeah. for sure. No matter who did it, he kind of had it coming. Yeah. But it's this is like the. I mean, I don't want it to be one of those other cabinet members that got away with it, you know, more right, or less. Because right. you're like, okay, that's not good. But if the wife did it, then she just lives happily ever after, badass. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, this is kind of like the Kurt Cobain thing, where the investigation into the death initially was so sloppy and poorly done that there's almost no chance of ever really finding out i really think that like uh celebrity coroners are in bed with conspiracy websites and they're like just give us some of your amazon click-through money and we'll just do this <laughs> thing real quick and dirty you know probably that wouldn't surprise me yeah all right should we get out of here i think so what do we have to plug what uh, do we got going on the old mean boys podcast on itunes never uh, heard of it 
It's the only good scripted comedy podcast in the world. The only good one. Only good one. I've not heard another good one. No. It's surprising how many podcasts are really fucking bad. Even the ones that are way at the top of the charts. It's like, have you listened to other podcast people? Yeah, they're not good. You're doing the right thing. Stick with Unpop. Stick with Mean Boys. Yeah. Because it's like, are you not cognizant of the fact that people are listening to this ideally to be entertained in some way? And to stay awake while driving? Yeah. Like, kick up the monotone a little bit. Just, yeah. you know. It, even if it falls flat, failing can be funny, too. Yeah, for, yeah. Don't take yourself too seriously. Fucking try. Yeah. God. And just plump yourself that while you're recording. <laughs> <laughs> plump yourself this question before you record. Plump not what your country could do for you, <laughs> but ask instead what you could do for your plump tree. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, listen to me and boys. Subscribe to the rest of uh, the Unpops podcasts on patreon.com slash unpops. It's $5 a month. That's cheap as shit. 12 uh, episodes a week that are better than 90% of what's on iTunes. Yeah. At least. Absolutely. And uh, you have a show coming up in... Uh, or will this... Oh, that will have passed. By yeah, now. yeah. Never mind. We have a show August 23rd, Unpops, uh, at the Alex Theater. That's August 23rd, and then bi-weekly from there, so September 6th, September 20th. Connor's on the September 20th show. Mm-hmm. All going to be good shows, so come out to that. And uh, I think that's it. This is fun. Yeah. Good times. Let's get the fuck out of here. Connor, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.